Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome Andrea Grant, CDSP, and that stands for... Certified Diversity Search Professional. Okay, to um, Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Andrea is a human resources professional with over 20 years progressive HR business and serial entrepreneurial experience. She currently owns three small businesses, including Grant Consulting Group, LLC, that focuses on career development and inclusive training. She is also the Vice President for Business Development for Human Resources Standards Institute, an HRCI company. She is also called upon to help organizations design and execute critical business and HR programs to leverage talent with a focus on underrepresented groups. Andrea launched her career in HR at Plateau Systems, now Success Factors, in a support role and quickly established an official HR department and many others in the company. Her career includes several corporate positions, increasing responsibility, including senior vice president, where she spearheaded the diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging strategy to develop a thriving culture where employees felt they were supported by senior leaders. Today, Andrea is called as a LinkedIn expert for regional and national media outlets and often volunteers her skills in organizations that need her help, one of which is one of her favorites, Dr. Sheila Robinson's Diversity Women's Media. Andrea is also a devoted special needs parent and a caregiver of her disabled veteran father. She says that giving back to others is the core of her being. So I'm thrilled and I want to welcome you, Andrea, for your patience and being with me today. I'm so happy to see you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we had a little technical difficulty. And so uh, I got on and I'm here and I'm so excited. You know, I just talked to Denise, Dr. Denise Caleb. And uh, I, you know, I'm a big, uh, big friend, uh, fan and friend of Sheila Robinson's, Dr. Sheila. And yes. I did not, I did not make it to the uh, diversity women, business women's conference this year, and I was so disappointed. But uh, uh, I, were you there this year? I make- was a coach. This was my fifteenth year coaching, and we saw your video, and we were clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had to be at a at a function in San Francisco, but I really this it's one of the, my highlights of the year is to go to the diversity women, business women's conference. It's 
this is truly what Women Connect for Good is. Women supporting women and women of all colors, cultures and backgrounds supporting each other, which is phenomenal. But today is about you. It's about you, <laughs> Andrea. So uh, I would like to start by asking you when I just spoke to one of your colleagues, Dr. Caleb. And uh, so I, I, I know quite a bit about your organization on that organization, but what I don't know is your story. And this is the most important thing that I ask is what is your story? Tell me who you are. How did you get to be the person I'm speaking to today? Because again, I'm looking at you, you're extremely beautiful. Uh, I mean, I've looked at your bio and your websites, you're extremely accomplished. And a lot of people will look at you and go, hmm, things are so easy for her. Things just must go so smoothly in her life. And you and I both know <laughs> that where we where we come from and what we've become has many many di different journeys and many paths that we take so how did you get to be you i got to be me dr nancy because i am the child of integrators my father integrated two of three police departments after being an African-American that was drafted to the U.S. Army during Vietnam. And we know what that era was like for Black men yeah. that were going into the service and then coming home from the service. He, uh, again, uh, integrated two of three police departments. My mom integrated when she got her first job. Yeah. And so she was a waitress initially. And then the Howard Johnson's, if you ever heard of a Howard Johnson's sure, hotel. Sure. I do. Yes. I do. And then she went to work at Safeway where she started off making 32 cents per hour. And so uh, that is who I am. That is who built me and created me and molded me. But with my parents, they also taught us um, to be servants to others. And so our life, our entire lives, we were taught to be in service to others, which is why I think I never professionally practiced interior design, which is what I went to school for, but I fell in love with human resources. Right. And so I ended up getting into HR because I had to temp in college so that I could not just eat cereal and peanut butter and jelly and noodles. <laughs> and so I ended up being placed all the time, Dr. Nancy, in HR groups or departments, and I fell in love with it. Um, both from the, I guess, the PK of me, right? And it's the police kid, right, of me, or and yeah, he's also yeah, yeah. Right, with all the compliance and operational aspects, but also the uh, the development, right, and the nurturing and the coaching and mentoring side. So you mesh all those things together. Um, I never wanted to be uh, married or have children, and I ended up getting married at the age of 20. I had my son at almost 21. My son was born not breathing and then had a host of operations. He had brain surgery at one. He had two major heart surgeries between four and six. Wow. And then when he turned 16, his entire body shut down so much so that he didn't even recognize me by sight as his mother. And so he spent six months in a hospital two hours away. And I was only allowed to visit on the weekends. And then from 19 until he, he's almost 25 now. So from 19 until 24, he has spent probably about two and a half to three years total in the hospital since that time um, with different needs from uh, diabetes to mental health. That's why I have my mental health little badge behind me there. Um, and he's flatlined twice. So that is who I am. I might look good because I paid her to do my makeup today for your <laughs> Well, you, you, you turned out good today. Well, you are a shining example of what women do. 
we just do it. I mean, it's kind of like that's that's your life and this is what you're doing, but taking care of your son, taking care of your father, but also coming from a family. You know, your your story is very similar. I also did not want to get married. And I also had my first children at 20, 21. And uh, many, many things happened during that period of time. But, uh, you know, I kept going back to school. I kept getting, you did the same thing. You got all these degrees and I mean, all this education and worked in all these different places. So I, I think we women have just this amazing ability to overcome every possible uh, adversity that comes our way. And of course you came from a background of supportive, loving, caring parents who probably supported you all through this as well. So, uh, you know, and HR, human resources. I was the kid that, you know, I worked all through high school. All, all I wanted to do was have a car and go be able to go somewhere. You know, I wanted to pay for everything myself, but I would get behind a counter and then I would start talking to people and they would start talking to me. So I kind of started out doing that. And then I finally thought, realized I'm pretty good at this. So I became a psychologist, but it's interesting how our journeys and how how we're growing up, and I also studied interior design too. But <laughs> and I'm pretty good at it. Come to think of it, but uh, anyway. But, but what what's important is that is what you're doing in the world. You know, I, I just recently joined the National Women's History Museum, and telling stories, historical stories of all women of color, cultures, and backgrounds is the key. In fact, the the gala coming up in March uh, is Black Matter, Black Lives Matter. There's going to be a whole exp exhibition. And what's exciting about the museum is opening at the Mar Martin Luther King Library. So you must come. You yes. must come. But yes. human, re human resources is the key. I mean, yes. you know, um, a company is not a company without strong, a strong, healthy, vibrant workforce. And I call them teams more than anything. So, you know, one of the things we really need to do is get women back to work. I know you're working. You, I like the serial entrepreneur, but, you know, again, before the COVID hit, women entrepreneurs were the fastest growing trend in the United States. Correct. So what does that look, look like right now? What does it look like? And getting women back to work. Yes, they still are. In fact, um, Edna Kane Williams, who was the chief diversity officer of AARP, just spoke at Dr. Sheila's conference a couple weeks ago, and she talked about that population, right? The uh, population of people 45 and older are the largest growing population of entrepreneurships in the United States. And so most of those are, are women. And we expect that to increase because of what we just talked about in the introduction of uh, as women, we don't get to take off our superwoman cape, Dr. Nancy, right? We're expected to wear that all day, every day, no matter what that looks like for us. Um, we are not allowed to get tired, right? We're not allowed to get weary. We're not allowed to um, take rest or vacation, <laughs> right? Because people are always looking to us for every single need that they have. And women are quite, quite frankly, they're tired, right? They're tired of covering in the workplace. They're tired of having to conform, right? Um, people of color, women of color are tired of having to uh, code switch, right? They're just exhausted. And so what they're finding is that if they can be their own boss, and oftentimes they can be, they yeah. can be their authentic selves at work. They can also live and operate in their purpose and they can maximize their income. So that's yeah. what we're seeing. And that's what we're expecting more of. Absolutely. You talk about underrepresented populations. And I think I, I'll be honest with you, my true understanding of diversity and, and inclusion came with Dr. Dr. Sheila. 
And mm -hmm. we just talked about that for a minute, but the Diversity Women's Business Conference is probably one of the, the most well-attended attended, and most important uh, conference for women of all backgrounds and colors and cultures to attend because it truly is a representation of, of many women who are underrepresented in the workforce. And, and you know, the one thing that, that I learned was that inclusion and diversity is everything. And I'll be honest with you, white women don't get it. I'm gonna to be totally honest with you. Women, white women are their own worst enemies. And I have been working on this for years. In fact, that's one of the reasons I started Women Connect for Good is because white women were not supporting me. In fact, the more I achieved as a woman, uh, I remember when I was working on my doctorate and, and it was kind of like, who do you think you are? Instead of saying, wow, isn't that fantastic so one woman and she was actually in my own family i won't say which family member said well what about your family i said what's what i'm doing is building a legacy for my children and my daughters and showing them that they can do anything but the support is the key and i know that that working in the workforce is the key also people want to work where they feel because there's other people, like-minded people who look like them, act like them, think like them, and feel comfortable with them. So, I mean, human resource still is the key, and diversity and inclusion is so extremely important. Okay, talk a little bit about that and your experience. And of course, you know, I'm sharing some things about white women. And like I said, uh, the first thing I do is ask exactly that, tell me your story and find ways to connect with women at a, at a deeper, more authentic level, because mm -hmm. that's the key. White women want to be thin, beautiful, and be, if, if you want to be loved, you have to be thin, beautiful, and never, ever get old. But guess what? That's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it. I, seven, seven days, I've used those products. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what, what I'll say to that, Dr. Nancy, is that um, so we have what we call local immediate terms, whether it's diversity and inclusion, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, Jedi, accessibility, access, idea. It's all of these different, I call them alphabet soup, Dr. Nancy, right? Of how people describe or what acronyms they put on the diversity and inclusion lens, right? And I put that in air quotes. However, what I'm extremely relentlessly going to always champion is the equity and the belonging because of what you just described, whether it's your own family unit, whether it's an organization that you want to join or are a part of, whether it's college, I don't care, it could be the grocery store. Um, we're always going to see different diverse groups represented, right? We're going to also have diversity of thought represented. That means people will automatically assume that there is inclusion involved with that, which it does not automatically mean. No, no, there is no, doesn't. No. Right. So I'll give my I use my son all the time as an example. My son went through the public education system here in Virginia. We were in uh, the fourth richest county in the entire state. So we didn't have a slum system. OK. However, he was diverse in that he was in a general ed setting with other students. He was included because he was he had a desk or a table or a chair in the same classroom, Dr. Nancy. However, okay. this is where we have the disparity. He was never treated equitably right because of how he learned or his needs etc and therefore he never felt like he belonged so for me right the equity and the belonging and this is also what's feeding women not wanting to come back to work 
or not wanting to go to work for somebody else, right? Those two two factors are big factors in what's driving what we're seeing now with women saying, no, I'm not going to put up with that anymore, right? I am going to demand that you treat me equitably. Give an example real quick. I had a client before who had just been promoted to vice president for a very large government contractor here in the DC area. Right. Went to the meeting and she was the only female amongst all males. Well, once she got into the meeting, they didn't realize that she had been promoted into the senior role above all of them. So one of the two of the men asked her, one, can you take notes? And two, can you get us coffee? And she no and no, right? So that just goes to show you the disparity, right? The discrimination, the assumptions that go into all of this diversity and inclusion talk that we're having. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why, you know, at the Standards Institute with Dr. Caleb, you know, I really push for people to go from um, aspiration to action. Anybody can say anything, Dr. Nancy, but I need them to put action behind that, right? Meaning money, resources, tools, people, yeah. and so on. And that's even most critical for women. Right. I really, I really love that because belonging is an amazing, support is one thing, but belonging, truly you're in the right group. You feel that you can not only be supported, but support others, but feel that you can accomplish something. I, I love that idea. I, I think we're, we're on the cusp, but you know, my, my last book is called we're in this together. But the point is until we all really look at one another as resources and look at one another as opportunities to learn more and to do more, I, I think we're, we're going to continue to have these uh, huge gaps. And we do have huge gaps still. It's, it's amazing in 2022 that we are where we are. Sometimes I do get disappointed by, by joining the National Women's History Museum. The goal is to tell stories. You know, you, are, you and both of us are standing on the shoulders of women and men who have helped us to be who we are today, you know, but we don't know those stories, even in human resources. Okay, let's, let's just describe to me, how do you help someone to understand where they belong and helping that company to understand that and how they recruit, find the talent, and then also keep the talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the tricky part of human resources, right, Dr. Nancy, is the human part, right? <laughs> because we're talking about people, right? And they have a <laughs> I love that. I love that. You, you, no much, no matter how much planning and preparation, you can't prepare or predict what they might do. However, right with HR, um, if you set up, and I did this when I was uh, head of uh, global sales enablement and DEIB at Challenger Grand Christmas, is I actually set up uh, what's called a fair and equitable talent acquisition process, and it was fancy. It sounds fancy, Dr. but it wasn't fancy. It was literally doing what you just said. It was putting processes in place that were always followed for every candidate so that every candidate, especially women, had an equitable chance at the job they had applied for. And I'll give you an example. So what I did was I set up the process. I educated anybody who was going to be involved in the process on what it was. I set up a scorecard, which was a very simple document that people followed. It had questions that they must ask every candidate, because what we know historically is that men are hired for their potential, women are hired for their experience. And when women are typically interviewed, they are not asked the same questions and or the same types of questions as men. And they're judged more critically because the interviewer is looking for experience, not potential. 
I took it a step further to create an actual interview guide that yeah. everyone utilized. Yeah. And then everyone was required to put their score for every candidate on their scorecard and share it with the team. And we would debrief every candidate. Wow. That eliminated any kind of affinity bias. Like, oh, you went to this Ivy League school? Well, my dad did too. It yeah. eliminates it. Or things like, well, that name sounds too ethnic. So I'm not really sure if we want to interview that person. All yeah. of those biases, right? Those little gremlins that creep in, we were able to eliminate and reduce all of that because we put a process in place that was non-negotiable. Everyone had to follow those processes. That way, everybody had a fair chance. That's fantastic. Well, you know, as a psychologist, I know that we make judgments about people before we've ever even spoken to them, ever talked to them by the way they look. They walk in the room and we've already judged them. Now the now the job is to how do we how do we unjudge? How do we stop those biases and those judgments that we've made? And really realize that there we really I I think you also said in something that I read is that we're more like then we're different. And I agree with that. When it boils down to it, if there were five of, us, five of us and we had to survive and we knew the only way to survive was the five of us had to work together, we would figure it out and we would realize we want the common goals. We want to do the same things. And I just wish somewhere we we could figure that out. You know, I think that's what I've been trying to do for the for last many years. And that's really my goal in life is for us to all figure it out that, you know, when we work together, especially women, when we work together and we have a common goal and a common desire and hopefully a common outcome, that it's not only more effective, it's more efficient, but it's more fun. Yeah. You know, a lot more fun and yeah. you you and i both know we can see well you saw you started the diversity women's business conference day in day out the number of women that were networking and supporting each other you could just see the energy in the room that that, that women would come together and they would just and and i, I still remember the, this one woman she this was her first conference she, and she said wow i have never in my whole life been to anything that i felt more uh, support and what she what she didn't use the word belonging but she felt belonging I know she felt belonging because she says I have never felt this good in my entire life about coming to a conference and meeting so many wonderful people yeah. and, and so, so there really is there is the secret sauce <laughs> and, and you know with your education and training and work is that um, the mirror effect is what you were describing, right? That's what it's called, as you know, but for the audience that'll be watching and listening, that basically just means that the internal stakeholders expect for the external stakeholders to look alike. So that means if you have someone in a wheelchair, right, or has cerebral palsy and uses the walking sticks, or someone who is visually or partially vision or hearing impaired, right, or someone who's African American or one, someone who wears a hijab or whatever that is, they expect to see that representation. Yeah. So that means going back to your question they want to see it right in your materials on your website they want to see it when they walk into your office space or you know your grocery store wherever they are they expect to see that and okay. then once they see that then they expect for your actions to mirror the image meaning right. are you embracing right the culture how are you supporting the culture of these individuals that have uh, historically been excluded right in the press 
Well, you know, let's let's go back to your scorecard again. You're talking about these people based on criteria or the scorecard itself. What happens when people are chosen with the scoring, the scorecard? Are people amazed? Are people, uh, uh, you know, just wow? I can't believe this. Or, I mean, what is the outcome? How do people? I mean, when the when the candidate is chosen, finally, based on the fact that everyone agrees, this is the candidate that we want for this position. What happens? Sure. So a couple of things. One, right, change is uncomfortable. <laughs> and especially for groups that have historically benefited from not changing. And right. so one of the ahas, right, Dr. Nancy, is just what we said of we would like to find the best candidate. It doesn't right. matter their name, their zip code, right? right? right. Some, some jobs, as you know, over the years, we've determined don't even require a college degree, right? Things of that nature. So what's happening is that we are, we're leveling the playing field. So we're providing equity. What we're also doing though, is we're helping all of us check our bias because we all have them. And so what we're doing, right, is we're educating and informing and we're moving people to a state of conscious consciousness. Yeah. (laughs) Around what, like you said, we automatically judge based on what senses that we have, right? Sight, hearing, et cetera. Right. So, cause there's a whole, you talked about being skinny. There's a whole, we haven't even talked at all, right. In the diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging space about um, body shaming. Right. Right. People are shamed if they're too heavy or except we make all of these assumptions and that person could be the best candidate. But if we don't provide um, the opportunity for them to be seen fairly and to present themselves and their skills and their abilities, then we might be missing out on the best thing that could have happened to us or the group or what have you. Yeah. Is there a company that has used this process that uh, you could you could speak to as far as their uh, how they're doing, uh, how the success of their company is doing going and doing at this point? Just any you don't you can, you can don't have to name the company or just maybe describe it. Yeah. A company that truly ha- is embracing this process because I think it's phenomenal and mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Uh, you know, and there there have been you know it used to be I mean this was long long ago women would use men's names because that was the only way they'd be recognized as an authority in whether it be uh, poetry, a book, or art, something that they would only be recognized as in a male category so that someone would go, oh, wow, he is amazing. Later finding out much later in history that that was actually a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. It's kind of like the whitewashing of the names you right, Dr. Nancy where people of ethnic descent, right, would choose a wider name um, to put on. So it's very similar. But um, I would have to say um, Dr. Caleb, right, at the Human Resource Standards Institute, as you know from talking to her, she's been a CHRO twice, right? She's had a lot of experience. She's also had a lot of disparate treatment in all of her years. And so, as you know, with her dissertation, right, about women supporting women, that's one of the things that she does very well. For example, right, we are recruiting right now for a client success fest. And so this individual typically, in in a typical um, position description, Dr. Nancy, it would be the typical, we want a four-year bachelor degree, blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Caleb said, that's not required, right? And just so opening up that one requirement or making it a non-requirement, we're able to source so many different candidates that would be amazing in the role. 
because somebody might've been in the military or they could have been a spouse. They could have been a caretaker. There are a whole bunch of reasons why someone may not have pursued a degree. Perhaps their learning abilities prevented them, right? From moving forward with obtaining a college degree. Shouldn't matter if they can do the job. So I would say Dr. Caleb is actually making great changes and strides with what we're doing at the Standards Institute by making things very fair and equitable um, and providing access for any candidate, right, that wants to join us. Yeah. Well, the certification process that she's she is, was talking about definitely is a is a way to do such. You know, personally, you know, when when people understand what the qual what the qualifications to be certified or to, to fit into that category are, wouldn't you rather do business with them than someone else who's just you know kind of kind of still struggling with all their biases and judgments and uh, right. lack and the and the talent goes out the door and they have turnover, tremendous turnover. You know, I mean, I think that's the point though is that. Every person that comes to work for you, whatever their background, their color, their culture, is a key to the, your success of your company. You know, I, I was also a director of a very large healthcare system and also was the, uh, uh, the EAP for that particular uh, healthcare service itself. So not only was I working with companies, I was working with employees on a day-to-day -day basis as far as the EAP. But it was interesting to see that oftentimes it was more important, last chance. They would think about last chance because the talent would be walking out the door. I also did managerial training. And oftentimes, the longer you stay in a company, sometimes people get, you know, it's kind of the Peter principle. They just get pushed up. They get pushed up into positions that they're not even qualified for. So to have a process in place that really starts with the key ingredient is the person who truly belongs and fits the qualification and the expertise of the job. Geez, wouldn't that just be remarkable to think start to finish, you, you just keep this nurturing process. And you know, we have, a, we have a, a campaign, Lift As You Rise, but as these people lift, they rise others in that process of that company. I mean, we're gonna see more and more of them. I think what's happening with COVID is that companies who are smart realize that they better figure out how to get the best people and how to keep the best people or they're in big trouble. There is, a, as you said, there is a market out there of people that, you know, if they're, if they're truly marketing themselves well, can really pick and choose where they go to work if they have certain credentials to do so. So, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a yin and yang out there right now, but geez, I would like to start with the right person uh, at the right time that can grow with my company and that talent continues to grow and they, and that talent surrounds others and that talent continue, continues to combine as far as the success of that company. So yeah, I think it, it just makes good sense. You just said something that is so critical and that is you said, hire for the qualifications. As you notice, Dr. Nancy, a lot of times people will say, well, we, we need the right fit. What are you fitting them into? Yeah. Culture. Well, what's the culture, right? Because culture is a bias in and of itself. Right, right. And so I'm so glad, right, that you said we're hiring for and looking for qualifications for the job, right? For the job that's required to be performed, not for a fit of culture, right? Or you hear those things. And so when I see those on position descriptions, I cringe because you and I know what that means. 
That means if I don't fit into your click or whatever affinity or similarity we have, that I'm not going to automatically meet the job. Or if I am hired, I'm going to have a really hard time being successful because you're already looking at me through a certain set of glasses that are not going to be favorable for I'm, yeah. a, I'm a square peg and you keep trying to put me in a round hole. But, right. but again, we do know that leadership is key. And again, it does go back to a certain amount of their own background that, that starts that process. And it's the trickle down that goes down as far as the, the team itself. These are the things that really give me hope that we really are beginning to understand it's about the person. Mm-hmm. And it's about the empowering and it's the gender equity and everything else that goes into it to find these people that truly belong. I love this word. I'm going to be using it all the time now. Because somebody says, what's wrong with you? I said, do you belong? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I belong. I, I belong here right now. All right now. But, you know, I mean, the people I work, I call it people I work with. I don't call it people that work for me mm-hmm. because I know that nobody gets anywhere alone. Anybody that says I, me, and mine all the time, beware. They don't understand that they didn't get where they are and they aren't doing what they, they, they're not doing anything by themselves. But there are many, many people that believe it's, it's all about them. So, So I'm glad you said that because that's exactly, Dr. Nancy, why I created, I call it my grow system, right? So grow right? It's G-R-O-E, not W, right? So G-R-O-E. And this is particularly for the underrepresented groups, especially women, because as you know, women are historically not taught and are comfortable to negotiate. We're also historically, right, not taught to really understand our value. So that's I created this system and it's very simple, right? So the Mm -hmm. G in grow is to gauge your options and your opportunities. Right. So I call it, think of all the W's, right? The who, what, where, when, and why. Those are the questions you need to ask, whether you're going to go to work for someone or whether you're going to start your own thing. So it's gauging, right? That's the G. What what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. Right. And who, who needs what you have? Right. 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 Who has a need that you can meet? Who has a problem you can solve? That's also part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where you're going to operate in your best. And that's where you're going to maximize everything, right? Because you're, if you're fully engaged and you're happy, you're going to overperform. And yeah. if you're doing that, right, then you're going to maximize all of your compensation. Sure. Yeah. And then the R, right? So review your knowledge, skills, and abilities. As women, we automatically are taught, subtly or not, to suppress ourselves, to dim our light for others. Yeah. You don't, don't brag. Don't you don't, don't toot your horn. Up. Don't you Yeah. I'm over it, right, Dr. I'm, I'm over it, right? And so, dude, dude, go ahead. Dude. They have to have a bullhorn right on the corner. However, there, as you know, there are very professional and appropriate ways to toot your own horn, right? Sure. There, sure. there are so many different ways to do that. Outline is the O, right? So, outline your game plan. And I mean, be very intentional. As women, we do not get credit for being strategic. We don't, you know this, right? We're the ones out here setting vision, mission, strategy, right? All of this. And then we're also getting people to do the tactical items, right? To make sure that that strategy is fulfilled. Well, I need women to really outline their game plan. And I mean, you know, make sure that you keep your resume CV up to speed, right? Your LinkedIn up to date. Make sure that you are not neglecting your network. All of those things, as you know, Dr. Nance, right? important to stay visible, to make sure that you're being connected to opportunities. And then the E is execute, 
right? Like get over yeah. the imposter syndrome, get over the fear. Like, get get it done. <laughs> the only thing that can happen is you fail and then you figure out what not to do the next time. So yeah. for me, it's yeah. all about growing, right? With the E, because we all have so much to offer. And the last thing that I want for any of us women is to get to be older or at any end of life stage, no matter what time that looks like for us and to sit there with regret because we didn't at least give it a try, right? So that's what it's about to me, Dr. Nance, is growing with the E, right? <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, men will go in and they, they, as you said, potential because they'll go in and, and toot their horn, blah, 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 and, and whatever, you know, uh, and they'll even give you their handicap for golf, blah, 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 blah. Women can go into a networking situation and you, they walk away and someone said, did you know she was a Supreme court judge? No, I did not. No. Right. Right. So, so we have to be comfortable with who we are. And mm -hmm. I think, that's the key is that we do start really recognizing how valuable we are. And that's yeah. where the support comes. When women really do support each other and understand that value, it's key over and over again. That's well, right. I, want, I want to challenge you. And we haven't about your LinkedIn, ex, being a LinkedIn expert, which of course, they're just going to have to go to your website and learn more about that and get your, get your uh, you have, I couldn't get your hand at it. It wouldn't come through for some reason. Okay. But uh, you might want to send that to me. But but again, being a LinkedIn expert, because again, LinkedIn is a wonderful, is still considered one of the best professional sites out there to really gain uh, expertise, knowledge, and make uh, and and to improve your overall network, which we've just been talking about. So I'm going to urge people to go there. But you're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want you to join. I, I've already got Dr. Caleb joined the Lift Women Up campaign. Okay. Uh, it, it lift lift people up, but the Lift Women Up campaign is 52 weeks of things that they can do every day, every week to lift okay. another woman or another person up. And when we do that, when we lift as we rise, what are we doing to ourselves? Aren't oh, we we're lift automatically lifting ourselves. We're lifting ourselves. So, so I'm going. we're going to get you some information and you're a perfect person for this. And I'm so excited that you would join us and also be a part of our community and your communities that we can continue to use our resources to make a difference. So uh, we will get you some information for that. But tell us more about you, where to reach you. Not Well, we know a lot about you, but I want people to go find out more about you from your website and all the amazing things you're doing and to get their your GROE system and get it working for them too. So I do too. I want, I want to continue to grow and I have to execute my plan over and over again because that plan changes. That's and right. I, and when I grow, I expand. So I have to find new, I have to keep feeding that growth and I have to find other ways to keep learning. So yeah, the grow GROE is perfect for me as well. So, okay. Tell us where to find you and learn sure. more about all the amazing sure. things you're doing. So, so it's very easy. It's unlock your LinkedIn.com. So it's super easy to remember, right? Unlock like a, a locksmith, right? Unlock your LinkedIn.com. That will take you right to the website. There is a free ebook there that people can download. They can also sign up just for your audience, Dr. Nancy, for a free 15 minute consultation. So I'll give everybody a free 15 minute, what we can get in 15 minutes, right? By looking at their LinkedIn profile. We'll do that. If they want to continue, no problem. If they don't, they're going to get really good nuggets in 15 minutes. 
And uh, that will also direct them to the broader website where they can get some other eBooks on interviewing, networking, resources, and so on. Fantastic. Well, you're doing some great things and, uh, and you're a multitasker. And uh, if you wanna stay on just for a few more minutes after we say goodbye, I'll just uh, get some information for you. Yes, thank you okay. so much. Thank you for being here. So uh, wonderful talking to you and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.